Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com before history is written it's played before it's frozen in time it's fought one shift at a time before it's etched in silver it's carved in ice what happens next will last forever the Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Good morning. Welcome to Forging the Falcons. I am Scott Kennedy. We are live every Wednesday on YouTube and Facebook at youtube.com slash C slash Scott Kennedy. For those of you that are listening to us after the fact, you can catch us live uh, on my YouTube channel. Uh, every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Eastern. And as the season kicks up, we'll probably be doing a little bit more. So make sure you hit that subscribe button, that bell, so you get the notifications as we start adding shows as the season goes along. Uh, I am in Atlanta. Uh, my co-host over on this side over here is Nick Kendall. He is in Seattle. So we are coast to coast with coverage this morning. And I uh, wanted to say good morning, Nick. How are you today? I am doing pretty well. It's kind of uh, things are, you know, the house is just chaos because it was so hot here for a bit that we couldn't unpack. <laughs> and then we had the backpacking trip. And the week before that, uh, my wife and I were working 50 hour a week. So um, not the house. We moved in almost, uh, you know, three weeks ago now. And <laughs> it's livable, man. It's it's chaos. Uh, I've but, been yeah, here six years. Looks like I just moved in. So, you yeah. know, except for the fact that, you know, after six years, things start falling apart that you don't get to uh, yeah. get to fixing. So, yeah, I get it. And speaking of falling apart, unfortunately, the big headlines of the last couple days. And before we get into that, or the injuries, I want to get into some of the injuries, not just for the Falcons, but we'll touch on a couple around the league. Um, want to say hello to some folks on the chat. Uh, EJ was coming in nice and bright and early. Uh, and then uh, Boy Bangley, YT is in like YouTube or, you know, Young Thing or something like that. Uh, first time making it to the stream on time. I'm ready. Well, good. Welcome. We are glad you are here. Uh, welcome. Looking forward to uh, to interacting. U.S. Dave, always here with us. We certainly appreciate it. And make you fumble. I think he saw the clip I uh, that got posted, and I, I reposted it on allfalcons.com of uh, Kevin, Kevin. I think it's Kevin Kite, not Kevin Knight. Kevin Kite, uh, the Falcoholic, does it, has been out of practice and basically live streaming practice for us. It's nice, so you know, we don't have to go anywhere but Twitter to, to find his stuff. Um, if I was employing him, I might not like it quite so much, but you know, Hey, thanks Kevin. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, Mayfield has been running with the twos and we'll get to that too. That's one of the, one of the topics I want to get to. In fact, that's the title of the show today. And it doesn't look like he's getting anywhere, any closer to the ones left guard. And, um, <clears throat> we'll talk of former Denver Bronco. That looks like he's the starting left guard. Albert Knopper's coming in on Facebook says, good morning. And he says, don't forget to like and share the show as well. And, you know, let me check on something because I think, I think, not that this is a call to action or anything, but I think you can now put stars into our Facebook pages. So whether you're on um, 
Scott Kennedy Sports, my writer page, or Atlanta Falcons on all Falcons. Uh, to show your support for the show, like and share is awesome. Uh, it helps us grow and find more football fans, not just Falcons fans, but football fans. But, um, you know, if you like what you're doing, appreciate the effort, you can throw us some stars now on Facebook too, not just on YouTube. So uh, appreciate that. Dom coming in on Facebook. Says, good morning, uh, my boys. Hope you're doing fine this morning. <laughs> Dog Nation. Um, Dog, I know the boys that work over at Dog Nation, several of them. That's a, the Atlanta Journal thing. I used to work, I did a, a consulting spot over there at Cox uh, and got to meet a lot of those guys right before they closed down Land of 10 and all this type of thing. So that was a strange decision. Um, yeah. But we can get into that another day. Falling Sloth, good morning, good morning. Um, Jeremy Sean saying, good morning, boys. Uh, and Shane Sargent heading out today. Says heading out to Flowery Branch this weekend for practice. We'll have a good time. Um, hopefully the weather is good for you. Up on the hill, you can get some shade as you're looking down at practice. Should be very spirited. And Luke Wright says, good morning, Scott. And Nick. And Nick. So, um, again, wanted to talk a little bit about um, the uh, the injury that occurred. You know, and it's not necessarily a big name injury. And, and frankly, on the defensive line, there is only one big name. Um, but you know, when you start losing guys, you lose Eddie Goldman to retirement. Now, Vince Taylor was a quality professional. He, his season was cut short last year where he, he got hurt in the first game and didn't come back. And now he hasn't even made it out of camp. Uh, it feels like you are precariously thin in a position that you're already thin at. Um, does that make it worse or does it not really matter because you weren't very good there to begin with? I mean, we talked about it on the Broncos episode a few times, but defensive line is such a heavily rotational position that even if, you know, you're losing a depth guy that, you know, maybe bat battling to make the roster would rather have him. Um, so it's going to, it's going to matter. Uh, no doubt. Vincent Taylor, um, you know, definitely more of a plug type at Oklahoma state. I think he was drafted in the fourth round, Uh fine player, but um, it's, it sucks to see that happen. Oh, sorry, yeah, I get you and, right um, when you're drinking coffee. Just going, just going for the coffee. <laughs> I, I haven't going. yet. And play the let's see when the coffee hits Scott's system yeah. game, which is usually about 18 to 20 minutes. Yeah, it's just, again, most of the news coming out right now, you know, even going over to the Denver Broncos, lose two guys to ACLs, including a starter and Tim Patrick. Uh, you're losing depth guys uh, in, in uh, to retirement or to, uh, you know, to, to injuries. Not a lot of the news until you get to the season seems to be good news right now, which is, you know, before you're just worried about people getting in trouble. And then you hit August in training camp, you're just worried about getting injuries. Yep. Um, you know, so you're trying to avoid that and get through them as healthy as possible. Um, the league has taken some steps in that matter, including the Guardian helmets, which I think are a pretty good idea. Um, you know, you see the, the kids wearing the seven on seven, uh, you know, helmets during during the year two I, I i like those guys they get hot but uh you know so do regular helmets yeah um but uh you know ej says you know injuries are part of the nfl that's why depth is imperative you're only as good as your backups to a certain extent it, it is it is part of the nfl and and you you're only as good as you are healthy maybe not even as good as you are backups the best teams typically have some good luck the best teams throughout the course of the season typically have some pretty good injury luck. Don't you agree, Nick? Yeah. I mean, you can look back year after year. Teams that go pretty far are the ones that are on the far right end of the bell curve on injuries. And uh, just personally speaking, that 2015 Broncos team, um, they had some injuries on the offensive line. Uh, but And obviously Peyton uh, dealt with some injuries in midseason, although he was not playing good before that. Uh, but the Broncos are one of the healthiest teams in football that season. And the defense specifically, extremely healthy. And with how much depth and just across the board defense is about, about the whole unit losing just one guy for a bit could have sank that team. You're not talking about Super Bowl 50 winner. So absolutely it health is imperative. And I do think that a lot of it is just randomness and luck last night, you know, in the chat, uh, getting a little bit into, you know, blaming the training staff with Tim Patrick's uh, suffering the ACL injury. Uh, there's probably some blame to go around for that kind of thing, but this is football. These things happen to every team. Uh, it's the reason that I'm a big advocate that these guys get as much guaranteed money as they possibly can, because God, how, how does baseball get hundred percent guaranteed contracts, but not football. It's insane. Better union. 
I, yeah, yep. There's, that's the bottom line, but uh, <laughs> yeah, no injuries are a part of the game. It sucks. And sometimes it's just the randomness of the universe. Some guys are more injury prone. There is some like physio- physiological things to like guys get injured repeatedly. Uh, but um, still randomness, I think is the main thing. And that's true in life. Yeah. I got skinny wrists. I've broken all four of these bones, you know, that's mm. part of the part of the thing. And um want to uh you know talk james hyatt comes in say good morning good morning james good morning nick and scott and then moose tims i'm gonna say tims or you want to look at it and say thames but it's the thames river so i thought it was the thames uh, Thames on this says hey guys well hello there uh coming on facebook welcome in welcome in and again hit those hit those likes and shares we facebook has kind of changed their algorithm a little bit i think i've gotten more reach on that facebook page in the last two weeks than i probably had in the last six months so Facebook is saying, hey, content providers, come back. I know we weren't being very nice to you. Um, thanks for giving us your money and we'll just steal it. So they're actually giving back now. So uh, like and share, find some more people. It seems to be getting much, much better reach. And Terry coming in also. Welcome in, Terry. Glad you're here this morning. Glad you could make it. Um, and again, it was a depth guy. I feel like someone like Vincent Taylor is fairly replaceable. But he's also a, a good pro. You know, he's for a team that doesn't have a lot of good veterans. Uh, he was a, a solid pro. Same with Eddie Goldman. He might not have been the Eddie Goldman of old. But that, I feel like that's, you know, how many of those guys can you keep trying to get? You sign him over someone else for a reason. Now you got to go to plan C, D, E, and F. But again, it's not a position of strength. So how much weaker is it really going to get? Um, now, Let's uh, let's hit into the title topic of the show. Um, Nick, we had said that the offensive line and the left guard position in particular will get better in 2022 by default. And what I mean by that is it couldn't get worse. It couldn't get worse. You had the worst pass blocking grade in the NFL for any offensive lineman in Jalen Mayfield. And your eye test, you know, whatever you think of PFF, your eye test told you the same thing. He was drafted as a right tackle to put pressure on Caleb McGarry. And if you look at his RAS score, thank you, Nick, for uh, showing me all those type of things. Because, again, what does RAS stand for? Uh, relative athletic score. There you go, chat. Okay, boom. It Good puts job. you It puts data to the eyeball test. You know, it's like I can tell this guy. I, I see that he's built like a guard. Okay, what does that mean? Okay, well, he's got 32-inch arms and change. Uh, he's six, five and wide. I can see that. And it helps put that into, uh, you know, comparisons and graphics. This guy was always a guard, um, an inexperienced guard and a young guard and had no business starting second year should get better. If not, someone else will come in. Now I thought it might be Justin Schaefer who was drafted in the sixth round, uh, Georgia guy, but you want a six round rookie at starting at left guard, but it looks like former Denver Bronco, Elijah Wilkinson is running with the ones and I don't think he's getting a whole lot of pressure from the other two guys right now and could be the starting left guard for the Atlanta Falcons come week one. What do you know about Elijah Wilkinson? Uh, You don't want to see him at tackle. I think is the first thing Um, we were talking about it last night. Uh, Just had a really hard time with speed rushers, keeping up with them, could not get enough depth in his kick step and uh, kind of a little heavier feet, but that's something that you think should be, negated uh, at the left guard position. I was always curious uh, why the Broncos did not try him more at guard um, just because of his body type and how slow his feet are, despite um, solid run uh, blocking and pass protection, more of a guy that you want as depth, but you know, this is his third team. He's kicking around in a team that he's going to be heavily in uh, rotation for, it sounds like, or uh, competing for starting snaps. So he's kind of right on that fringe uh, caliber player. I do wonder if he has enough. You want your, offensive tackles to be dancing bears and you want your interior guys to be like wrestler mentality, you know, kind of the crazy um, ass kickers, excuse my language. Uh, And I'm almost curious if Elijah Wilkinson, the reason he's been sticking at tackle is because he doesn't have that as much in him, you know, to the ability to drive guys off the ball and uh, really create space in the run game with uh, a lot of power out of the stance rather than, you know, the reactive ability of the tackle. Um, That's one theory I have, but uh, I think you should be, okay at left guard. And one thing I think he will bring is that you'll have a lot more consistent uh, pass protection. You may take a step back in your 
upside in run blocking, uh, but the pass protection, I think, will the floor will raise a good bit going from Mayfield to Wilkinson. Well, that's a start. Um, yeah. You know, and, and having him with attack mode, again, if you're going to be running a lot more RPOs and being a little bit more mobile, uh, that should help him, even if he's not quite the mauler, getting a running start and hitting people you know, should should help him out. You know, he might not be athletic enough for a tackle, but he should be a fairly a fairly athletic guard. Um, again, and he will be an improvement over what the Falcons had last year because it would literally be impossible to be worse. So that is a step in the right direction. And, and make you fumble kind of says it, you know, pretty simple. It says Mayfield is just ass. So far he has been. Yeah, he has been. Again, I'm not ready to, to throw in the towel on him. He is a 22. I think he just turned 22. 22-year-old kid playing a grown man's game. The prime for alignment is like 28 to 33 um, as they as they get older. He is young and he was thrown to the wolves. That isn't necessarily his fault. That said, that Spencer Brown wasn't taken in that spot is uh that's gonna that's gonna haunt me for a long time. Um, this isn't if you've been watching me at all long enough, you know that's not hindsight grading. Uh, I was on the Spencer Brown bandwagon from February 1st. Thought he should have been drafted in the first round. Lasted to like pick 93. Starting right tackle for the Buffalo Bills. And they're one of the best teams in football. And he looked like a future pro bowler. Just an athletic freak. And I, I honestly, I, I don't know what people are looking at that that if he falls all the way to 93 with all competition, I mean, what, what, what are you looking at? The guy had the athleticism of a power forward for God's sakes. Um, Make you fumble also comes and he says that Hennessy is just weak. I want to come back into that as we say hello to some folks that are popping in, including Ethan, the DW, uh, the, the, uh, the DWI guys, Ethan coming in. And Kevin Fitzpatrick on Facebook say, good morning, fellas. Could use some of your enormous influence and have Arthur Blank build covered bleachers at Flowery Branch. Misting fans would be nice, too. You know, let's just get a, a tent and get the air conditioning popping also. And, and Terry says kind of what I did. Uh, he was dealt a bad hand rookie year, thrown to the Wolves uh, at a different position as well. So keep that in mind. Exactly. You know, I don't blame Mayfield for his enormous struggles. Um, I blame the Atlanta Falcons for having to use Mayfield at left guard, a position he'd never played. And frankly, he wasn't ready for right tackle. I don't think he's ever going to be a tackle. That's why he got moved so soon. Again, he, he doesn't look like a tackle. He doesn't move like a tackle. You know, walks like a duck, quacks like a duck, probably a duck. But he's young. He's super young. And he, he started, I, th I think he only played 14 games in his collegiate career. 14. Most of these guys coming out have at least 40. You know, even a third-year guy, they've played 13 games a season by then. They have at least 40 games under their belt by then. So he's young. He's inexperienced. He was put on a bad team in a bad position. And, oh, my goodness, he struggled. No sh kidding. Who would have thought it? Yeah. But, yeah, I don't, it doesn't mean I want him in there, though. Right, Terry? I don't, I don't want him in there playing right now. I want him getting another year of seasoning, strength. I don't want him starting, but I'm not ready to give up on him either. Yeah, and – it's definitely a bummer. Was he a third round pick uh, year two? High, he, high, yeah, high third. third round pick. Yeah. Um, by year two, you're hoping that he's at least, especially at the guard position, that's one that typically doesn't need as much marinating, uh, so to speak. It's not like the tackle spot, cornerback, quarterback, wide receiver. Some of those positions where, you know, but year three, maybe is when you start needing a tight end, another one. Uh, but guard by year two, if you're still struggling, even with the age, uh, you should have a little bit of of worries there. So we'll see. Um, really low sample size of games at Michigan, obviously also plagued by uh, not only the small sample size of just you know one year playing essentially, but also uh, it was the COVID year. So mm -hmm. even just weirder uh, sample size there for him. So it's definitely a bummer. And uh, we like to, you know, give Terry Fontenot a lot of credit, but this one right now is looking like a, disappointment but it's way too early to write that in pen you know we're just kind of uh we're, we're looking at it we're like eh, maybe it could have been better and uh i know that you're definitely going to be critical of this pick for a while as you mentioned uh because hello spencer brown yes because spencer brown he says anyone who falls to 93 is a drop by by the entire ball by the entire league and it's not like this guy came out of nowhere you know he was at the senior bowl kicking everybody's ass there were players i i think the falcons were at his pro day i'm not 100 sure on that one but his pro day was public 
And he had a monster pro day. I mean, just an unbelievable pro day for a guy that was six foot eight and 325, 330 pounds. An unbelievable pro day. I'm like, all right. So I watched him bully a bunch of uh, a bunch of uh, you know guys at the Senior Bowl, and then he's got the athletic measurements to back it up. What am I missing? You know, what am I missing? No, I didn't. I didn't miss. Um, and again, it's too early to give up on Mayfield, but it doesn't. It, right now, the early returns have been bad, uh, and we hope hope uh, hope that can turn around because you need that guy for sure. Mr. Kennedy coming in uh, with a, with a, a little bass and a, a good looking kid there. A good looking kid's taller than he is now. <laughs> uh, yes, that is uh, that is Grandpa and my son Sean. Several years ago, it was probably six years ago. Um, up in Ohio, up in Ohio. So good morning, gentlemen. Good morning. Coming in on Facebook. So it looks like Wilkinson has got the left guard position sewn up right now. Um, other position that seemingly was up for grabs, and we'll come back to the center, was right tackle. Um, Chris Lindstrom had great things to say, but you know I don't expect him to say anything else. Great things to say about Caleb McGarry saying he's put in the work this offseason. He looks great. Okay. Good. But why now, man? <laughs> why now? This is your fourth year. Why did it take you so long? You're in a contract year. No one has more to gain now. But that, hearing that kind of stuff is like, oh, you know, he's really doing this. He's doing that. It's, it's a little frustrating, Nick, to, to hear that, that it's okay. If you, I don't necessarily believe it until I see him go out there and improve. But if he takes this quantum leap in this year and his contract year, it's going to piss me off just a little bit. Money makes people do a crazy, uh, crazy stuff. So you see this happen a good bit. It's a buyer beware situation. And the other issue is his play at right tackle has been so erratic uh, that if he has a good year this year, you're kind of in an unfortunate situation where I don't think the tag is really an option, even if no he plays. Way. No way. Yeah. Like he'd have to look like Tristan Wirfs. And even and that would be like a one season situation. And mm -hmm. that's, you know. <laughs> in the land of make-believe, thinking that he can play at that level, even if he does take big steps forward uh, this season, given the the tape he's put out so far in his career. So, uh, yeah, it's definitely frustrating. I guess it's better than him being bad <laughs> this year. But I'm also like you. You know, it's the this time of year. Everybody's in the best shape of their life. Uh, all mm -hmm. these players who have been busts are finally figuring it out. And, you know, it's make-believe uh, kind of stuff. So until it's on the field, until we see the – uh, live reps underway and uh, against non players on their own team, um, then that's something to consider. Cause it's the same thing for, you know, the Falcons. Uh, we've talked about it on the, uh, the other shows. Falcons had a lot of question marks at edge rusher and they brought in some young guys that we don't know about yet, but typically edge takes a year or two to really kind of start going, especially non lottery style picks. Uh, is this Wilkinson or excuse me, uh, McGarry really figuring out and killing it? Or is it that, you know, Ebiketti and uh, D'Angelo Malone. Malone and Lorenzo yep. Carter have come yep. in. Yep. I was, I always say Doug Malone, D'Angelo Malone. I was like, wait a second. Malone, Malone's right. Uh, Malone and uh, Carter are just, you know, meh right now. And uh, McGarry's up to the task against meh. We don't know. <laughs> don't know yet. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> getting average play again, moving up to, you know, I, I had a comment on the, on the article I put up on Mayfield about Wilkinson was like the first comment that wasn't a spam bot. Thank you, uh, JT. <laughs> it's a fledgling site. He's like, man, I have a hard time believing that, you know, a, a former backup New York giant tackle is the answer at guard. They were worse than we were. Like, he doesn't have to be the answer. But if he's at least an improvement, you're going in the right direction. So, you know, and I don't ask to have the answer at every position. You're $65 million in the hole with dead cap money. You're not going to have the answers at every position. But can you improve? Can you get better? Okay, I've got a big hole at left guard. Do I have a Pro Bowl left guard to plug in there? No. Uh, can I do that this year? No. Can I get better? Yes. Yes, I can get better. I can improve. And that's all I'm asking. Uh, that's all I've ever asked for myself, for my kids, for my teams, is just try and make improvements, try and get better. Uh, Kevin Mapp making us better, coming in with his Southern Miss Golden Eagle, coming in, say good morning, guys, coming on Facebook. Appreciate you being here, Kevin. So it looks like the right tackle position. I think Jermaine Afridi was brought in to, to push McGarry, and that just hasn't happened. Um, that hasn't happened in, you know, in the talking with some the Chicago Bears people. I did a pod with them 
they're all, yeah, good luck with that guy. I'm like, well, they weren't overly high on him. They weren't too sad to see him go. Um, I, I'd be fine. You know, if, if, if McGarry comes in and sews that position up now, help me out here, Nick, um, offensive line tags, is it just OL or do they break it down? Tackle guard center. In this case, it wouldn't matter because tackle is the most expensive uh, position. That's a benefit to, the, to tagging the tackles. Then I think it right. is just OL. Yeah, for this one, it wouldn't matter because you're not because uh, the the the, the, it, the the franchise tag is the average of the five highest paid players at your position, which on the offensive line is going to be left tackle. Um, so a right tackle would get a bump if you were to tag him. A center would get a huge bump because you're getting tagged like an offensive tackle a left tackle which in this case would be about 21 million dollars no way at 3.2 3.3 right now that mcgarry's on when you didn't even pick up his eight million dollar option um does he get tagged i don't care how freaking good he is you talk about maybe an extension but that that ain't happening um i It'd be interesting, though, Yeah. <laughs> if he played that well, where he's like, should we tag this guy? I'd love for him to play his way into that contention because he'd get a $50 million contract next year. Someone would give him easy three years, $50 million next year. Yeah, no, that would be extremely interesting uh, if that happened. And uh, it is the uh, entire offensive line. So uh, you're actually getting a slight benefit of cost on using it on the tackles compared to the interior offensive line. And last year. Is about 15 or excuse me, 16 million for that. There's also the transition tag where I think you can get a, I'm not sure exactly how the draft pick compensation works off the top of my head, but uh, there's also different levels of the franchise tag, I believe as well. So there are options out there where you can shave a little bit of money. If you feel like, okay, do it again. We want to see it again, but what McGeary's put out there beforehand is so inconsistent that I would be skeptical to give him that much guaranteed money. But hey, I mean, maybe he's a guy who uh, feels plays much better when he feels a feet on or a fire on his feet um, with the impending uh, contract, and that turns it around going forward. Yeah, who as, knows? as Keith says, and we we mentioned earlier. Yep. Remember, he's looking for a contract this year. He better ball out. Yeah, he's got as much motivation as anybody. Keith, what what hurts me on this one is Hayden Hurst was put in the same situation last year in an offense that you know, yes, there was when you're getting whipped right up the middle and on the right, when you're getting whipped on the offensive line constantly, it's hard to do anything. Um, you know, Mike Davis was a better running back than he showed last year, but Hayden Hurst really struggled last year. And he was playing on a contract here. Um, the Falcons traded for him and then didn't pick up his option. And, you know, I, it didn't help him. Hopefully it helps McGarry because a good, a good, a decent, an average Caleb McGarry would make this team a lot better. If I could get average from left guard and average from right tackle, now we can start talking about this team winning some games. Um, you know, I, I, I think I had them at 2-15, and 15, honestly. And a lot yeah. of that was because <clears throat> they didn't do enough to address the gaping holes they had on the offensive and defensive lines. And if you're getting whipped in the trenches, you're not a very good football team. I don't care who else you got. Um, yeah. But yes, I uh, going a long way if those guys can step up. Those are big questions, though. Those are those are certainly big questions, though. Uh, and Richie Rich says, "Can we please bench Mayfield? For God's sake, can we please bench Jalen Mayfield? I think it's happened, Richie. Elijah yeah. Wilkinson, former uh, Denver Bronco offensive tackle, played four years there. He's got a bunch of starts under his belt. Thirty starts or so in his career under his belt at tackle." is running with the ones and has been all week with the ones at left guard. So I think, uh, I think it's happening. It's happening. I think it is happening now, uh, moving to the middle, the center position, uh, looks like there is some competition there as well. Now I don't know. It's good to have competition. I just don't know that the winner is going to be all that great. <laughs> it's like, I've got good competition between two pretty, Mediocre players, but Matt Hennessy is getting pushed and pushed heavily uh, by Drew Dolman, a fourth-round pick with another Denver Broncos connection. Drew Dolman was obtained in the trade that the Broncos sent a two and a four to move up and draft Javante Williams. That was the Falcons' pick. Javante Williams, I think I wrote, budding star. Uh, budding star Javante Williams. Richie Grant struggled. 
Jalen Mayfield uh, wasn't in that pick. That was later third-round pick. The other pick they used was Drew Dahlman. Mm-hmm. Drew Dahlman looks like a center, moves like a center. He's a Stanford guy. He thinks like a center. Can he win this starting position? Uh, I, I, I was about to extend while you were taking your drink, but I'm going to go. You know, can he win this starting position? You think he can take a leap forward? He's got the. He certainly has the uh, the bloodlines there to be a pretty good player in the NFL. Yeah, Dahlman is. I'll be honest, I did not watch him too much at Stanford. Uh, Stanford's been a dwindling team here for a bit, and the Broncos had just taken a center in uh, Lloyd Cushenberry, so I didn't spend too much time um, on those. Uh, and also, they're running a power scheme at the time where. Dalman uh, seemed like more of a zone, uh, wide zone fit. Maybe send him over now. Uh, but um, definitely a chance. I did like Hennessy uh, coming out of Temple. I think the Broncos were also interested in him in that draft, and he was taken pretty much right before. I think two picks before the Broncos took Lloyd Cushenberry. Uh, so definitely, I'm glad that there's competition there. If Hennessy hasn't been great, also two years left on his contract. But in my opinion, I think Pennington's still going to get it. He hasn't been a plus player. But in the offensive line, if you're not a gaping uh, hole, then you're okay there. So I think Hennessy will hold on to it this season. But competition's a good thing uh, there, no doubt. And you already seen it across the league. You know, one injury, you might be dependent on Dolman. So getting him in there right now, feeling comfortable with the snap exchange, uh, everything like that is uh, really important. He's in his third year, but he's still just 24 years old. Um, yeah. Again, we talk about this being a grown man position. Going back to my days in colleges, uh, you know, you'd, you'd come up against the BYU Cougars and people would say, well, you know, these guys have all these five-star guys, you know, how are they getting beat? I'm like, well, because lineman is a grown man's position. And I don't care. I always said that a year in college, a year of experience and strength conditioning was worth basically half a star. So if I take a two-star guy and he goes out on Mormon mission and comes back at 20 years old, and then I redshirt him and I'm playing him at 25 and a 26 year old man, that's strength. You know, speed comes at like 15 years old. Strength is like 25 to 50. <laughs> That's where strength is. So he's still young. Um, Cause I think it was uh make you fumble came in just saying, you know, Hennessy was, was weak. Hennessy was weak last year. He was, he was getting pushed backwards. Um, Richie Rich says in here, he says somewhere Matt Ryan is, is smiling for Mayfield officially benched. Uh, he might be pissed. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, again, when you've got Mayfield at left guard and, you know, I think we all for the most part agreed that, that Hennessy was prone to getting bullied at center, man, if you are under center, let alone in a, you know, if you're in a shotgun, they're coming at you quick. And if you're under center, you know, those guys are in your lap. The, you know, the guys from the Carolina Panthers, New Orleans Saints, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they've got pretty good interior alignment. Uh, the Philadelphia Eagles made a mockery of the Falcons offensive line in game one. That's when I went, oh, my God, when when the, when they tossed us, uh, they tossed the Falcons around in the first game. Um, it's it's hard to do anything you know, when you're just the, the shortest point to the ball is the guy right in front of you and he's in your lap at the snap. So um, <clears throat> Keith Spencer says, answer me this. If, Ryan, if Mayfield came into the league as a right tackle, why did they play him at left guard? Um, you know what? I'm going to, I want to bring up this. I want to bring up this, uh, Jalen Mayfield, the RAS. Um, let me see if I can share this here real quick. See if it shows up. Share, share screen. So this is his, uh, his RAS, his relative athletic score basically takes his size grade and his speed grades, and then compares it to other every other offensive tackle in the database. 4.91 is really bad. Uh, red is bad. Green is good. His weight is okay because he was heavy. You can see by this, he was he's built like a guard. You can actually change this to offensive guard and hit change position, and his relative athletic score comes in better. Still not good because he's not very mobile. That's where he loses it. The, the 40 yard dash, the 20 yard split, and the 10 yard splits are all okay. His shuttle's not very good. He's not very mobile. The better question for you on this, Keith, is why the hell was he drafted as a right tackle to begin with? And may, maybe he wasn't. You know, that's what he played, uh, but maybe he, he wasn't. And it was just an assumption that I have then parroted, but they did, they started him at right tackle, especially mm-hmm. when McGarry was out. When McGarry was out, Jalen, uh, Jalen, Jalen Mayfield was playing right tackle in camp in in the in the in fall camp. 
When McGarry came back, he slid over to guard. Uh, Matt Gano getting hurt and David Andrews. It wasn't Andrews. There was another guy I can't remember. But Matt Gano getting hurt and being on pup for the entire season certainly didn't help. Uh, it forced him in action. Gano should have been the starter at left guard. Um, but he was out for the entire season last year. So that, you know, as you say, wow, yeah, exactly. Um, he, why, he, he, he never was a tackle. He wasn't ever a tackle. So that's, that's kind of my answer to that one, Keith. And this happens a lot in the league from the draft to the NFL. Uh, guys who play tackle get kicked into guard um, pretty often because there's just so few guys who have the athleticism and length uh, to hang it, hang there. And it gets harder and harder, the, the, the levels that you increase. But some of the best guards in football um, played their college career mostly at the uh, the tackle position. Zach Martin, most people would say, is probably the best uh, guard in football, either him or Quentin Nelson. Uh, Zach Martin played tackle. Joel uh, Bettino played tackle. Uh, I, Brandon Scherf played tackle at Iowa. Joe Thune mm-hmm. played tackle. So this isn't a, a big shock thing. Cody Whitehair, Connor Williams. Um, you want to see that tackle is a harder position to find. Um, so you if you take a guy at tackle that has the requisite skill set uh, for guard and mentality, um, and he, he you want to see him fail inside. Uh, so try him on the outside first. If he can't hang, it's like, okay, well, we always had this vision anyway that if it doesn't work at the right tackle, we have a guard pathway. So I think that was probably always the case with Mayfield. And just with the way Mayfield plays, because uh, he is so much of a, a lunger, um, I don't think he's very smooth and reactive. Uh, guard is probably going to be his position even then. Um, the anchor strength and everything that needs a lot of work, the, uh, the mirroring ability. Uh, but um, I think that this was probably always the, uh, the right pathway for him in the league, even though he played tackle for one year in a very run uh, under center style of Michigan team that just recently this last year made a transition to a more uh, spread wide receiver centric concept offense. So Gary Leeds Palmer has uh, broken the ice. Our hey. first stars contribution in the history Ooh of our channels we just got eligible for stars on facebook and glp i want to say the original now he's the original he will forever be known you know when you have a when you have a bar you know or something you see that one dollar that first dollar they staple on the wall that first dollar glp you are our first stars guy to come in on facebook we certainly appreciate you for that and he says uh hey scott nick yo hey gary thanks for everything and Joe comes in, he says, the real question is, why hasn't he caught on to anything yet? Going back to Mayfield, he got beat bad by an undrafted free agent. Um, yes, and I certainly took advantage of that with a grabbing headline too, you know, Jalen Mayfield getting cooked, still getting cooked at training camp. Um, but in those pass rushing drills, the advantage is so far heavily skewed to the defense that it's not totally surprising, but yes, I would have liked to have seen him do better. And that's the scary part, Joe, is he hasn't shown much improvement either. You know, you're hoping, okay, he came in at tackle, he bounced around a little bit, but he he's he's a guard now. And he's yeah. he's been a guard for 12, you know, 11 months. He's been a guard. So he's had six months, seven months to do nothing but play guard, to work on playing guard for the Atlanta Falcons. And it doesn't look a lot better. That's that's concerning for sure. I, I agree with you. And Lawrence coming in with the second stars, coming in with stars on Facebook. Thank you, Lawrence. Coming back to the Denver Broncos and alluding to the injury to Tim Patrick. Uh, who's the best guy to fill in we could get for our money right now? We can't take another wide receiver or hit. Could sink us. Yeah, that's a tough one. Um, you know, people have been talking about Mentrell Washington stepping up. I, I honestly think the, the Broncos will probably look internal first. Mm. before looking external. There's not a ton of great options out there at wide receiver. And then you kind of wait and see as they cut down to, uh, you know, their 53s. You know, half the players on rosters right now are about to not be on rosters. Half. Mm-hmm. So what's that? 40 guys? Some there, There's about to be 1,200 guys that will be available in the next, uh, you know, three, four weeks here. So yep. um, n- there's no need to panic and rush right now. Let's let Seth Williams, Montreal, Washington – Let's let those guys see what they can do. Now's your time, boys. Take advantage of it. Yeah, absolutely. Pretty much, I mean, my talking point yesterday, same thing. Uh, That's what these internal guys have. I also think for the Broncos, the target distribution isn't going to be falling on the wide receivers as much. Uh, Greg Dulcich and Alberto Cuevanam, they are F tight ends, which 
Uh, Alan Lazard, you could make the argument last year for the Packers, was an F tight end. I could see that position uh, becoming even more prominent in the offense before it was, oh, how are we fitting all these guys on the field with these three wide receivers? Uh, wouldn't we especially want more blocking from the slot? Well, you drafted Dulcich, who you liked, and Okoye, but I'm probably is better detached from the line anyway. And also, you probably see more targets distributed to the running backs. So uh, it's not all going to fall on KJ Hamler and the, the wide receivers behind him. You, questions Joe now, Cannon is also a first on our Falcons channel. Hey, hey. So to come in with stars. So I got I got two Facebook pages that are both eligible for stars. Uh, and Joe Cannon was the first coming on the Falcons. So thank you so much, Joe. We certainly pre- you, you've been with us for. Shoot, Nick and I have been doing this about a year, once a week for about a year. So yeah. uh, appreciate you doing this. And, and Richie Rich is, uh, to be fair, it takes time to uh, develop new guys on the OL. They saw something they liked to take them in the third round. Clearly, it hasn't quite panned out yet. Yeah, I, I say that every time. Every time I mention how bad Mayfield was, um, you know, and it was the same thing Terry was saying earlier, you know, that, that I have parroted and I've said over and over and over again, he was 21 years old last year. And had 14 games under his belt. That's a project. That's a project you may not have needed to take with the 60th something pick. um, But that's a project. Now, how long is a contract on a third round pick? Is it three years or can you do four, Nick? On the non-first round picks, it's four years. It's four years. Okay, so you have four years of control. You flush year one down the toilet. Year two doesn't look too promising. So yeah. it's it's harder and harder to draft projects these days, yeah. honestly. Um, and you can draft projects, but that's like a day three conversation. Yeah. And then the first 100 picks, especially if you're not using the picks uh, outside the first round on non-premium positions, we'll just call it out, you know, cornerback, edge rusher, offensive tackle, quarterback, um, you need those guys to contribute pretty early. So again, it's not time to bury Mayfield, but the fact that he is being beaten out uh, by an Elijah Wilkinson should raise some alarm bells. Um, I wouldn't uh, say that this is the end frame, obviously, because you still do have technically three years of control left and you have multiple options and maybe, you know, another year in the fermentation chamber helps him down the line. You have a cost control player for 2023 and 2024. That's not a bad outcome for a third round pick, uh, but for a guard position specifically, you, you would hope for a little bit better. So we'll see. I'm still really young. Um, maybe he'll figure it out there. And I do think that he does have some tools that could make him work to be a decent guard still yet. Um, but right now things should be a little bit, you know, just a little bit concerning. No, Carolina took Brady Christensen, uh, mm-hmm. you know, 70th overall a little bit later. Um, again, I try not to, to look back at these and say, Oh, he, you know, I try not to do the, what do you guys know? Tom Brady was taken in the sixth round crap because that's a small sample size. And I can prove any point in the world you want with a small sample size. Um, I look at guys that I absolutely would have taken in that spot and I remember them and we go back and that's how we try and grade ourselves. And the, the one that was on there, if you, if you were looking for competition on the offensive line, frankly, Spencer Brown could play guard. I don't care that he's six, eight. He's it, it, the thing that I love. So one of the many things that I love so much about him was if he was lined up opposite hash mark at, at right tackle going right to left, he was so flexible he would disappear behind the guard who he's three inches taller than. You couldn't even see him until the ball snapped because he was able to get so low and have such flexibility in his, in his hips and knees and ankles. Um, but that's uh, that's where the Spencer Brown was the one. And, and Quinn Miners, Joe Cannon comes in and says, we could have had Quinn Miners. Uh, where did Miners go? Very was end. He, I don't think uh, he was still on the board, was he? No, he was. Broncos took him really late. He oh, 98. He went just a little bit after. Yep, I did. I, I liked Quinn Miners a lot, too, at the Senior Bowl. So that, and that's the thing, Joe, that also hurts. You look at the guys the Falcons took. The Falcons have drafted like 10 guys from the Senior Bowl in the last two years. They have spent a lot of time and resources and effort at the Senior Bowl. They didn't take the best prospect there. Yeah. And I wrote that. I've said it. That what you know, there's a you there's a there's a uh uh, on my YouTube channel, <clears throat> there's a commentary for me that's, you know, is Spencer Brown the best, pro- was he the best prospect at the Senior Bowl? I thought he was, period. Flat out. Mac Jones was probably, you know, the number one, the quarterback. Uh, but I thought Spencer Brown at offensive tackle was the best prospect at the Senior Bowl. End of. Okay, enough Spencer Brown. <laughs> yeah. No, it's... Uh... We'll see how it plays out. Spencer Brown, let's not make uh, 
too much of it. He wasn't, you know, rookie year Tristan Wirfs out there last year. He had some struggles in pass protection. He was and, really good, and by comparison, knowing that you where you could have had him, he was yeah. better than Caleb McGarry. Yes. And then yep. knowing that you're comparing him directly to Jalen Mayfield, it's not close. Yeah. yeah. Definitely a bummer in that regard, but uh, what can you do? And uh, Richie Rich coming in, Falcons business model, misery loves company. Y'all, uh, I think things will be better for the Falcons here. I know that uh, we have, uh, who who's it in here? Terry um, gets upset at us when we talk about this team, maybe not having the best year this year, but Again, I am a long-term thinker. Um, this, you know, 2022, it's not a make-or-break season for the Falcons. Uh, so, and you don't, I think you probably have, you do have question marks at quarterback. Maybe Desmond Ritter ends up being the answer to that question. Uh, but having a bad year this year, which appears to be a pretty good quarterback class, maybe can rocket you um, forward rather than meandering in, you know, that misery-loving company area. Um, after this year, I mean, just look at what the Bengals did for decades, and then you insert a Joe Burrow and, they're you know one of the teams one of the best teams in football right now on paper so well um, and again a lot of what we're doing that's negative right now nick is is, is hindsight this is what yeah. they should have done the positive take is left guard looks to be a lot better you know that they brought in somebody who may not be great but he's buried the guy they had starting last year is good news caleb mcgarry looks to be fighting off any competition from a serviceable right tackle that's good news Drew Dahlman has improved enough that he's pushing Matt Hennessy for the starting center position. That's good news. All those are good news. All of those developments bode well for the Falcons offensive line in a very mobile set of quarterbacks in Desmond Ritter and Marcus Mariota this year that should help the Falcons offense be more efficient and possibly be better than they were last year. Yeah. Yep. No, absolutely. I agree with you there. Um, should be better. Um, and I'm really pulling for Arthur Smith and Terry Fontenot because I do think they have a good thing uh, going there with their partnership. Um, this year should be a mulligan, um, regard unless you know something crazy happens and they really come together and it clicks for Mariota. I mean, you can go back and watch Mariota at Oregon. There's some good stuff there, uh, especially early on at Tennessee as well. But uh, I don't know. Right now, there's just so many question marks on this team, um, and you keep making them. You haven't said it today, which is shocking to me. But they're what is it like a third of the salary cap, a fourth of the salary cap is dead money. Um, so Things should be my uncle's better. here, and I said my uncle, my uncle's here, and um, I, I said I was about they people, anybody that does what we do, they don't understand what the hell we do. <laughs> They're like, "What are you doing?" I'm like, "Yeah, I'm talking Falcons." Today. He's like, "Well, that shouldn't take long. They suck." I'm like, "Yeah, that's not quite quite it." I said, but and I told him my prediction. I think I said two and fifteen. He goes, "You think they're going to be that bad?" I said, "I said Roger, they got." They have $65 million that they're paying to Julio Jones that they've already, that they're paying this year to Julio Jones and Matt Ryan. That's 30% of their, you know, it's not quite 65 for those two Dante Fowlers in there also, but they got $65 million out of two, a little over 200 million that they're not using this year. He's like, Oh my, really? You know, that people don't understand, you know, they see a seven and 10 that taking that lump this year is a good thing, man. Don't stretch it out. Eat it. Yeah. Take your lumps this year. And you'll, you'll be rewarded if you have a bad year. And yeah. if you have a good year and some things to build on, you got the money then to attract people to a project that is ahead of schedule. Um, yeah. Speaking of ahead of schedule. So let me, uh, I want to say thank you to Ryan Kennedy Homes, our sponsor here for uh, a presenting sponsor. If you are looking for or selling a home or looking for a second home or anything like that, and you're trying to uh, trying to get into the North Metro area, Alpharetta, Milton, Roswell, Sandy Springs, Dunwoody, all those type of places. Check out Ryan Kennedy Homes. You got a phone number? Give her a call. You can go to Ryan Kennedy Homes and do some searching uh, on some some places. The market has cooled off just a little bit, but there are still buyers out there with cash money to offer. So check out Ryan Kennedy Homes. Uh, appreciate uh, appreciate Ryan for uh, you know well doing what she does. You know who else we appreciate? DWI guys coming in with our first super of the day to close us out. This is a great show, gents. You know, thank you, Ethan. Um, I consider this show sponsored by, you know, Ethan and the DWI guys as well. And where are we now? One more show before we're talking about, uh, before we're talking about, you know, preseason games that the teams are involved in. I think we've got one on tomorrow, don't we? Yeah, I think so. Is it the Hall of Fame game already? 
I think so. That used God. to be in July. So yeah, um, way too hot. It's, <laughs> it is time for for uh, who is it? Jacksonville and some other team I don't care about. <laughs> it's the Hall of Fame game. It's even if if preseason football is fake, the Hall of Fame game is you know arena football or something. It's a Raiders Jaguars Hall of Fame game. So uh, All right, I guess so it would I do be care a little bit more about the Raiders. And you know there there's enough yeah. players of intrigue with the uh, with the Jaguars, and they were such a train wreck last year that they they could be interesting. And we'll see if Trevon Walker gets on the field at all. Um, you know Georgia boy here, be will be rooting for him. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and then uh, then next week we can start doing you know some some more camp news will be coming out. Some cuts will be starting. And then we're there. Then we're in the preseason. We get to see some of the rubber hitting the road. And uh, none of the starters played for the Falcons last year, um, which, again, showed that they weren't serious about competing. (laughs) Um, Because it was a new system, new coach. Let's protect the guys that was trying to – it was about surviving. It really was. They they didn't think of themselves as a playoff team. They were like, can we survive? Um, I don't know if they have the depth. We'll see. I would think we'll see some Mariota. We'll definitely see some Desmond Ritter this year. And uh, we get to see Des- We get to see uh, Muma tomorrow. You know, and our old pal Foya Luakon down there as well. So, yeah, uh, should be should be very interesting. Yeah, should be very interesting indeed. I'm that thing I'm most curious about is Trevor Lawrence, um, seeing what everything goes like there. And uh, also, I see that we have a friend in here. Um, real, uh, real quick, also wanted to say that. Uh, Mark, uh, Mark reached out and said, tell me to tell you that uh, he won't be in today, but he feels bad. Mark Schrader, friend of the show. Okay. So Mark, if you're listening after the fact, um, shout out to you. Hope hey, you're Mark, uh, feeling better. You. Yeah, we missed you. Hope you're feeling better. And, uh, and Richie said, to be fair, they put pits in for one play. I think it was like a, a screen where he took it and then just kind of looked like a gazelle, um, running like a, like a giraffe at full gallop. Um, going up the uh, going in drafts are fast. You don't realize how fast those things are um, going up the sidelines. So you're right, Richie. I do remember that, but uh, that was it as far as the starters go. And, and he wasn't officially listed as a starter at that point, which was kind of silly. Just like, I don't care. You can put Drake London. They can list him on the depth chart as two or whatnot, man. He's wide receiver one. We all know it. Um, on that note, we're going to head over to uh, beckoning the Broncos on mile high huddle. Uh, from here, it starts in about seven minutes with Kim Becker. So we'll be talking about that as well today. Thank you to our superstars today, Ethan, Lawrence, uh, Joe, I believe that came in, mm-hmm. uh, Joe that came Joe in can. and, um, and Gary Lee's Palmer. So thank you for the contributions. It certainly helps us without a doubt. Love you for it. Michael Ronquillo. I'm not sure we got to say hi to Mike. So Michael, it's a great show today. Nick and Scott, I'm forging the Falcons. Um, Thank you, sir. And we will see you uh, over at Beckoning the Broncos, and we'll see you tonight on it's Wednesday, Mile High Insiders. So with uh, with Nick. So check it out on Mile High Huddle. And uh, glad you all were here today. It's been a lot of fun. Lots of energy. Yeah. Football's yeah. back, and God, it's yeah. almost time for uh, for some preseason and some real football. Oh, Nick just signed himself out, I think, by accident, but that's okay. It was time to go anyway. So until next week, we will see you next time.